0: MG has leapt from virtual obscurity here to a full on top 10 car maker on the Australian New Car Sales Hit Parade. It's currently sitting there at number seven, ahead of Isuzu, Ute, Subaru, and Nissan. Is it therefore time for you to put MG on your new car shopping list? John Cadogan from AutoExpert.com. and I get new cars cheap. Australia only, dude. I've given up on world domination. That's a good way to be, you know, thoroughly misunderstood. Have a look at all the people who've tried it over the years. Website? Card! You know the drill. Deep diving into MG in just a sec. But first... This report is brought to you by Manscaped, the world leader in men's grooming and hygiene. And Father's Day is fast approaching. Coincidence? Manscaped is, of course, the perfect gift for dads everywhere. Perhaps you can help upgrade your dad to Next Level Dad with the Lawnmower 4.0. Cutting edge technology right here. Super close ceramic blades and skin safe technology. That quick beard, chest and body hair trim. Dumb deal for dad, dude. Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and cordless so it can live inside the shower for quick cleanups with virtually no mess. It even comes with a built-in led searchlight for you know dimly lit areas manscaped also just launched the new boxes 2.0 the best boxes ever in my view six different color combinations there so dad can you know keep it classy or set basically any other tone he wants premium super soft fabrics that are anti-chafing cooling and tagless making them possibly the most comfortable boxes he will ever wear. It's time, dude. Your dad has been supporting you for years. Show him some reciprocity this Father's Day. Manscaped, the right tools for the job. So important. Go to manscaped.com autoexpert today. You'll get 20% off plus free international shipping when you use the promo code AEJC at checkout. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code AEJC at manscaped.com slash autoexpert. My default position on Chinese cars, as you know, has historically been they're a nice idea, but until they get actual traction... You know, decent sales volume, decent dealer network. And until we get more data about their reliability and the support you might expect, probably best avoid it, dude. Like, just let someone else run the mad experiment and be a spectator. However, MG has decent sales volumes now. About one car in 22 currently sold in this formerly great nation is an MG, they have amassed a 4.6% market share selling 24,500-ish vehicles in the first six months of the year. So let's call it 50,000 sales annually, 2022, ballpark. That's pretty impressive. There's more than 80 dealers nationally too, which is huge for an emerging brand. Now, Perhaps you're unsure why these things are a big deal for you and if you are it's simply this sales volumes underpin things like the size of the spare parts inventory which is here on shore and the capacity of the brand to conduct decent technical training to offer support to its dealer network and in other ways have its shit together for the consumer. On the dealership front, most dealers are multi-franchised. So you drive around and it's not uncommon to see a cluster of brands on the one piece of streetscape, right? You might see Mitsubishi and then Toyota and Audi and Hyundai and MG or something. It's a pretty safe bet here that it's the one dealer flying various franchise flags, okay? And those dealers tend to invest their resources, their money into the brands they own franchises for, but only the ones which are performing. And I'd suggest that MG is currently performing, meaning the dealers who own the franchises see decent value in investing money into technical training for their technicians, etc. And this really matters if you have some kind of technical problem down the track. And the other critical thing here is, dude, I get complaints all the time. My email is a cesspit of complaint. It's about Land Rover, Jeep, Volkswagen, etc. But I can't remember getting a complaint about MG recently anyway. And what this tells me is, on the balance of probabilities, that... MG dealers and their parent importer, they're probably doing quite a decent job resolving inevitable customer issues in the first instance, which is exactly how this is supposed to work, of course, but often it doesn't. Also on this, we have not seen MG eviscerated in consumer court the way LDV was in Queensland recently for being fundamentally anti-consumer cocks. Essentially, a dude named Timothy Rigby had his LDV rust to pieces and LDV claimed that this was his fault because he parked it at the local surf club on the Gold Coast where he worked, which is an absurd proposition, especially as the dealership he bought it from, Von Bibra, is located between the beach and a saltwater canal. Just Google Timothy Rigby LDV for more hilarity on that. The absence of this kind of thing with MG bodes quite well for the brand in my view because there are currently tens of thousands of MG consumer law experiments just rolling around out there on Australian roads right now. And furthermore, I'd suggest... People don't come bitching to me if they have a problem and the dealer resolves it for them neatly and efficiently in a kind of timely fashion. just doesn't happen. The absence of things of this nature with MG, in my view, constitutes evidence that MG appears to be doing the right thing in the domain of after sales. That means doing the right thing consumers. And I'm not getting paid to say this. MG does not know that I am doing this report. They are not seeing it before it goes live. However, MG did a very brave thing recently. So brave, Jesus. Their PR dude rang me and suggested that I might drive the MG HS Plus EV, which is there plug-in hybrid SUV, okay. (sighs) I was ready to pin the Victoria friggin' cross on him right there, because it is quite brave for a corporate dude to ask me to tell the public what I think of a vehicle. I do have a reputation for being a bastard, you know, largely undeserved, I know. Now, to be frank, I was expecting this vehicle to be either fairly crap or on the bottom of the cusp of aspiring to be kind of average, and I'll have more to say on the vehicle itself in a separate review in coming days. Let me know if you want to see that, or if there's no interest, I'll just move on to the next big thing. But you know what? After driving it, it was in fact much better than I had expected. Not right up there with the best Japanese or or South Korean vehicles, but not that far off in terms of the number of iterations or the time that would be required to get it there. There's also the thorny issue of value for you to consider. Now, as I see it, value is the intersection of price and quality. An expensive thing can be good value if the quality is sky high, obviously, but a cheap thing can be acceptable value also if the quality is commensurate with the price. So, I don't know, you go to some power tool shop, okay? Hypothetically, you see a Zito and Ryobi and Milwaukee there up on the wall. Dirt cheap, cheap and quite expensive, but probably all about the same on value. So, here's the thing, right? A Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross plug-in hybrid, the fully loaded Exceed version of that vehicle, that's going to cost you about 60 grand drive away. The MG HS Plus EV, the fully loaded essence version, that's about $51,000, okay? And nine grand being the difference, that's a reasonable stack of cash to have out there sort of on the table. So on fundamentals, okay, Mitsubishi versus MG, the MG has a 166 kilowatt-hour battery versus 13.8 for the Mitsubishi. MG, 90 kilowatts on the electrical side versus 80 for the Mitsubishi. The MG, 63 kilometers of EV-only range. Mitsubishi, 55. Even the petrol side of the MG is in front here. Peak outputs of 119 kilowatts and 250 newton-meters from a 1.5-litre Turbo 4 versus 94 and 199 for the Mitsubishi's Atmo 2.4. But at least the Mitsubishi, it's going to run on 91 ron unleaded petrol, whereas the Turbo MG demands 95 ron. So just looking at it objectively here, the MG offers you more in a more affordable package, but it's not as polished. I can tell you that with some certainty, having spent a week in both of those vehicles. I'm not saying the MG is shit or that the Mitsubishi is one step removed from BMW or something. They're reasonably close, but the Mitsubishi is definitely on top on polish. They both drive okay and all the tech works... You know, I'll leave it to you to put your own value equation in place because much of that determination is so subjective. Anyway, finally, if you're confused about the whole MG thing, like maybe great-grandpappy had one, they were British, now they're Chinese, WTF on all of that, dude. Like, here's the backstory to make sense of that. MG was most definitely British, and it harks back to the 1920s, okay? The letters stand for Morris Garages. And it kind of flitted from owner to owner over the decades, mostly in the United Kingdom. There was BMC and British Leyland Rover Group, MG Rover, etc. And then something called the Nanjing Automobile Group in China bought the whole thing in 2005. That became the Shanghai Automobile Industry Corporation in 2007, SAIC for short. You've probably heard of that. I think they're officially called SAIC Motor Corp Limited now. Anyway, from 2005 to 2012, the SAIC dropped about $800 million Australian dollars on MG and it pooped out the first MG3 in 2013. So basically, what you're looking at today with MG in Australia is the product of an investment of about 17 years in time and more than $1 bucks in development. I think the badge is just an exercise in relatability for the West, essentially. But in other words, MG from China is not some startup. It is a fully-fledged high-tech car-making outfit, albeit with fewer runs on the board than Toyota or Hyundai or something. But the SAIC is huge. They manufacture 5.4 million vehicles a year under four divisions. There's MG and three other divisions you've never heard of. Plus, they've been in JVs with Volkswagen, GM and Iveco, if memory serves, In addition to China, they have factories in the UK, Thailand and Pakistan, and they've also got a technical centre in the UK. Frankly, I think it's time for you to put MG on the list of brands you might consider. After all, they currently account for roughly one car in 22 being sold in this country today, apparently with minimal consumer blowback. Frankly, though, I do remain a little unconvinced about the $18,990 drive-away MG3. Just looking at that car on fundamentals, you could make the case that a late-model used car was better value in many ways. Although not on warranty or new car smell. Seven-year warranty with MG, if memory serves. But... It's towards the middle and the top of the MG range, right? I think there's some solid buying potential there, especially if you are out there shopping for a vehicle on a budget.